0: Tucked into the huge state of California is the relatively small town of Calabasas, with a population of only around 23,000 and known for basically one thing being the home of the ubiquitous Kardashian family. On the show today, we have young talent Via blindner Whose book, if you lived here, you'd be famous by now, True Stories from Calabasas, which is a collection of essays that so poignantly capture not only the Calabasas cultural experience, but the experience of being a part of Gen Z. Take a listen to our conversation. Hello and welcome to the show, Via. Hi, I'm really excited to be here. I'm so excited to have you here. I absolutely loved the book. So, okay, inquiring minds have to know, I know you have been in Kardashian proximity growing up in Calabasas, but have you ever met a Kardashian?
1: Uh, I have not, actually. Um, I've seen, I saw one in the distance before. That was Kylie Jenner.
0: So and I, you knocked I, on, it or you rang a doorbell before, I won't spoil who it was, but that's in the book.
1: Yeah, yes, I did. But unfortunately, I've never met one in person, which is a little surprising because the valley, Calabasas isn't that big. So yeah,
0: yeah. Um,
1: they, they um, when they see me in the distance.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so um, this beautiful memoir speaks about the Calabasas culture. Tell us, what is the Calabasas culture?
1: Um, I think that, uh, it's just this strange intersection of internet and, uh, more traditional celebrity. So I think, um, what makes Calabasas unique, what makes it kind of weird is that, uh, the young people there are aspiring to this new, uh, concoction of online fame and, um, you know, really out there, uh, wealth that's very flashy and um i think that's what makes it so weird over there in that little nook of the valley
0: yeah is it hard to is it hard to keep up with the the proverbial joneses or i guess keep up with the kardashians because uh, yeah. it seems like such an unattainable lifestyle that everyone's trying to attain even as young as teenagers or 20 somethings
1: yeah i mean it's certainly weird i think that re- it's normal to hear a really young person and I'm talking like a child say, oh, I want to be famous when I grow up. Right. And it's leaking into, you know, the 18 year olds in an area. It's a little weird. Um, yeah. I think there was definitely an invisible contest for fame going on in my high school Yeah. Uh, where, you know, everyone kind of wanted to like level up yeah and
0: it just seems like very few people and this is coming from a total outsider by the way I loved at the end of the book when you said that your college roommate was from Nebraska and she said but what is what is the Calabasas and I, yeah. I'm i from Kansas originally so I totally get that pre-Kardashians I never would have known where Calabasas was but you know it just feels like And you grew up there. So correct me if I'm wrong, but it just feels like there's a lot of undue pressure that maybe a girl like me growing up in Kansas wouldn't have had because not every, I mean, no one I know from my hometown is famous. No one has Porsches or, you know, extravagant wealth. It just seems like a whole lot of pressure to me.
1: Yeah, for sure. I think there was a ton of pressure. But at the same time, and this may come off really pessimistic, I think that it's starting to um, become a more all-encompassing thing with the internet.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I mean, I'm on, you know, TikTok and Instagram and every social media platform, and uh, I think that the accessibility of fame, even online, is probably not having it, it's. Mm-hmm. I don't think that it's having the best effect on young people everywhere. Um, So I think while Calabasas is certainly exaggerated because like you said, you see like the Tesla's driving past. Um, I think the effects of celebrity, I think it's um, a lot more widespread now and only growing more.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So you know, okay, I don't want to harp on the Kardashians, but you can't really have Calabasas culture without its most famous residents, the Kardashian-Jenner clan, right? So one of the absolutely hilarious stories in the book is about the noodle-rama and how the Kardashians overtook it. Can you explain what, and because if you watch Keeping Up with the Kardashians, you've seen the noodle-rama, but for those of our listeners that might not watch the Kardashians are or just aren't aware what is the noodle Rama and how did they take it over
1: so it's this incredible salad and if you're ever in the valley you should check it out Um, but it's just glass noodles with uh, lettuce seasoned chicken um, ginger and this really spicy dressing Mm -hmm. and uh, it was a lunch staple for everyone used to be super cheap because it was like one of five things that this small vitamin stores sold. Um,
0: And what was that place called again? Health nut. Health nut. That's it. And for listeners um, that like, that's the salad that they're always eating in the glass bowl, like the one that they shake all the time. Yeah. It's the famous, it's like the famous Kardashian salad. So anyway, you used to be able to get it really cheap and then they eat it on the show. And then what happens?
1: And then it just blew up. I mean, it, it has a cult following now. That's not just us students. It's like everyone stops at healthnet health Net. Um, I had one of my uh, best friends is from Florida mm-hmm. and uh, she knew what it was. Like when we first met in college, she like had heard of it and like told all her friends. She's like, oh yeah. Um, like, cause we went together to get the salad when she visited me one time. And she was like, oh yeah, I told my friends that like I went to the Kardashian salad place
0: well yeah and now it's like a tourist stop and so i'm sure they've raised the prices and the line is probably out the door every day and now you can enjoy and that's not the only situation where that's happened i mean you you say a couple other situations where because of the constant proximity of celebrity in calabasas you like a celebrity goes to a restaurant and then it becomes. now you can no longer go there and it's like it's like celebrity is kind of like overtaking every part of your life when you grow up in Calabasas would you agree with that
1: yeah for sure yeah Yeah. I mean I talked about even um in the One Direction essay I mentioned how a piece of our like freeway was turned (laughs) into a shrine because Harry Styles threw up there
0: (laughs) (laughs) I mean it's just such a bizarre world but it's it's all you know right like you you don't know any different but yet you're also self-aware enough to realize like wow this might this is kind of weird you know that you know part of our freeway is closed because one direction member vomited there (laughs) it's just the pervasive celebrity culture so um do do you ever growing up in calabasas just get so sick of celebrity that you can't stand it?
1: Yeah, um, well, I'm a pop culture junkie, I'll be honest. Uh-huh. I, I do love uh, pop culture, I do, but also at the same time, I think it's really tiring. Um, more so in the way that celebrity affects young people is upsetting to me. And I, I mentioned it before the way that I see, I remember when my sister was in fifth grade or sixth grade, I was sitting next to her and she was scrolling through her feed. And there were pictures of really young girls who I could tell were already editing their photos, Mm. look like, you know, the magazines, which is really heartbreaking to me and super upsetting. And I think that's where most of my frustration comes from. Um, Because of course, like celebrity following pop culture can be really fun and light, but there's a real dark side that I think, that I find really upsetting.
0: And it all comes, at least in my view, down to the comparison culture and how unhealthy that is. We're comparing ourselves to a standard that isn't even real because of editing, photo editing and Photoshop and plastic surgery. And it's, it's not, we're comparing ourselves to, to something that, that isn't even true. And so therefore it is, truly impossible to attain and I hate to hear that it this just keeps happening to girls younger and younger and yeah younger. And I mean go ahead
1: but, uh Kylie Jenner even has she can't meet her own standard that she set for herself you know what I mean she's so always
0: explain that to me yeah
1: um well I mean she was uh I I'm not I'm not talking on her I, I think that she's really pretty sure. and has always been, even before she had any work done. Uh-huh. Um, but she ha- edits her photos so much that you know when someone take finds it her at a candid spot, it's like, oh, this doesn't. She doesn't look anything like how she looks online, and she's still very pretty. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong, but like, um you know,
0: it's not the same.
1: Not the same. Yeah,
0: you can't even. It's that's that's such an interesting point because not only can we not keep up, but with kylie or whoever you know name a celebrity insert celebrity name here but they can't even keep up with themselves because when they're seen out in the wild without facetune or filters or photoshop they don't even look like the same person and how it's just so incredibly unhealthy yeah it's it's a standard that none of us can meet and they can't even meet Mm -hmm. and um Man, that's that I had never thought of that via that's that's super interesting. So, um, you know, obviously growing up in Calabasas, you're constantly in the proximity of celebrity Kardashian, Jenner or otherwise. So what is it like? Because this, you know, for a girl like me growing up in Kansas, this never would have happened. If it would have happened, it would have been like the talk of the entire town. But it happens all the time to you, I bet to go to like the grocery store and see a movie star or a famous singer. Do you just like does it do you just become numb to it after a while and it, you don't even care like oh here's like you know tom cruise or whatever at the grocery store
1: yeah um well i mean i don't want to I keep in mind that i don't want to bother anyone yeah like. there's been one time where i was starstruck and had to say something and that was um <laughs> i was in gelson's right towards the end of breaking bad
0: and that's and- a grocery store right
1: yeah yeah and we ran My uh, mom and I were in the store and we ran into the actor who plays Hank. And it was like right down to the wire of Breaking Bad. So like, we didn't know who's gonna live. We didn't know like what his character was doing. So we were, I was super stoked. That's like the one time that I've ever gone up to a celebrity. Um, What'd you say? (laughs) uh, I just, uh, my mom and I were both into it. We were just like, oh, big fan of your show, basically. Mm -hmm. Like, did you live? like do you live and he's like you have to wait and see
0: (laughs) I was gonna say I bet he did not spoil it I bet he signed an airtight contract saying he couldn't spoil it but I mean this probably it probably happens to you all the time you know that you see a celebrity um it's probably just routine is that would you say that's true yeah but also
1: what's uh weird is now that fame is so widespread I mean there's like a million real housewives two million bachelorettes I feel like there's been times where I'll see people and just from looking at them I can tell if they're famous but I don't even know from what.
0: Um, <laughs> like oh that looks totally like a housewife. I don't know if it's Orange County or Beverly Hills or uh, what but they're there's some kind of, of reality star. Yeah, you know that's it. you you've brought up a few interesting points in our chat and and one of them is that fame is more attainable now than ever with influencer culture and TikTok and uh, which any of us can access um, or, you know and and then not even to mention reality television which I wouldn't say all of us can access but um, it makes fame a whole lot more accessible than it was when, you know, you had to be extraordinarily talented as a singer or as an actress or actor. And so, it feels like fame is, is within reach. And I think that adds even another layer of pressure to these kids, because now it's like, you know, it's, it's my social media game on point, which is something I never have never thought of in my life, not even now. Uh, I don't, I just, it doesn't matter to me, but I also didn't grow up with, uh, Facebook didn't even exist until I was in late high school. And back then you couldn't get Facebook unless you had a .edu college email address. So I didn't even join social media until I went to college, which I know is probably like totally insane to think about for you, because you're quite a bit younger than me. And I will not say how you, how old you are because you reveal that in the book. And like I told you offline, my jaw dropped because you are so talented for any age. But you are you just are wise, wise, wise beyond your years. So, um, I also want to talk about the you write in the book about. A contagion of apathy, which is like a really beautiful turn of phrase in Calabasas. Uh, tell us what you mean by that.
1: Yeah. Um, it's something I almost didn't even notice until I'd left. But um I think we've been talking about all these things, uh, like you know, the internet, celebrities, really flashy wealth, and um I think when an entire population of an area is so focused on really superficial, unimportant things like follower ratio or, you know, what random designer you're you're wearing, I think you just lose sight of what's actually important in life, which is, you know, human relationships and, uh, you know, observing things. I think that's super weird because obviously social media is all about observing, but it's a very uh, polished and edited type of observation Mm -hmm. where I think, you know, we would benefit a lot more from taking a walk a day and just like enjoying the outside. And this is Mm -hmm. such, I feel, it's almost like a boomer take to be like, get off your phone and go outside. But truly I felt, I feel like as soon as I got out of the Valley and I was um, in Santa Barbara I go to school here at UCSB and uh I have to like walk to class every day And just taking that one it's almost like a meditation taking one walk um back and forth uh to class Mm. my just from that my mental health improved so much and um I started feeling a lot more affected by things around me which is weird because you're
0: living in reality you're living true and real exactly
1: exactly and I think uh being so online promotes a sense of numbness and um makes me sad too just because I think that's becoming more pervasive in young people especially not just in Calabasas
0: So sure, sure. So now that you are you are out of Calabasas, I mean that's your hometown, but you're in school in Santa Barbara. Um has your perspective changed on Calabasas? Does it does it look different now that you're slightly removed from it?
1: Um yeah, I mean I think uh it's very young people are misaligned over there. I feel like it can mostly speak on young people because I don't have like the authority to be like, oh, this is what adults in the Valley are thinking. But um, I also do feel like a part of growing up is just being super confused and like Mm. maybe assigning importance to the wrong things. So Mm. while I'll look back and think about young people in Calabasas just being totally Mm -hmm. yeah misaligned being completely misaligned or making mistakes i'm like you know it's also just a necessary part of like growing up and i'm pretty optimistic i think that a lot of people will leave the valley and think back on it and have the gift of retrospect kind of like i did and um you know reflect i i almost think that this weird obsession with fame and the online is like just another symptom of coming of age now like it's just another um checkpoint which is super weird but i think that that's just where we're headed
0: that's 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 blowing my mind and i think you're right but i think it that's pervasive across our country but in calabasas i feel like it's leveled up like it's on steroids because it's so close you can touch it and you can go to gelson's and here's the star of your favorite tv show i mean i like I've never really rarely run into celebrities. I live in Birmingham, Alabama now, and um, if I did, it would be like a landmark thing. but for someone growing up where you did, it's just a Tuesday when that happens. you know, and so it's it's a it's it's such this book is such an interesting cultural snapshot. And if any of our listeners are even remotely into celebrity and pop culture, Or, you know, even remotely into just learning what it's like to grow up in a place like Calabasas that's so incredibly different from most of where most of us grew up. Or if listeners are just wanting to read about what it's like to grow up in this generation, this book is a must read. And so, you know, as we close, Via, I'd I'd love to know what you want your readers to take from this fantastic book. Yeah, um,
1: I think that I want my readers to, uh, I'm not, I am I feel bad making any, like, lofty claim. I don't want anyone, you know, I don't expect anyone's, like, life to change or anything, but, uh, I hope that whoever reads it is, um, entertained and has a really fun time.
0: I, I laughed think. a lot.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe if I were to add in something a little more, um, serious, uh, Maybe I hope I would hope that readers um, are a little more empathetical towards Gen Z because I think that my generation is kind of clowned on a lot by older Mm age groups, and I would hope that they see that we're trying to grow up in a very unique situation
0: that none of us understand. Look, I thought my generation, the millennials, got a lot of heat, but Gen Z gets A lot of heat. And we all have to realize that I can't even relate to that. And I'm 34, I'm not that much older than you. And I can't even relate to growing up with social media as a child. We didn't even have a computer in my house until I was 13 years old. Can you imagine? And so it's a whole different way of life. And I think you capture the Gen Z experience really, really well in the book. Thank you. You're a voice of your generation, my friend. I can't wait to see your, I can't, you've got a lifetime's worth of writing to do. I can't wait to see, you know, what's next and all this, all the good cultural snapshots you will write. This is just the beginning for you. And I'm so glad we got to chat. Thank you so much for being here today. The book is great. Pick up a copy of it. If you lived here, you'd be famous by now. Must read. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. This was great
0: thank you so much via for that wonderful conversation as always let me know what you're reading and what you're loving at hello i'd rather be reading at gmail.com and follow rate and review our show i wanted to mention that on tuesday november 2nd set the night on fire the memoir of robbie krieger guitarist for the doors comes out I enjoyed this book so much, learning more about Jim Morrison and the behind the curtain look at one of the most influential bands of the 70s. By the way, I didn't know until I read the book that Robbie wrote my favorite Doors song, Love Her Madly, which I'm about to go take a listen to right now. So next week is our season two finale with Margaret Wrinkle, author of Graceland at Last. We talk about another cultural experience, albeit completely different from Calabasas, the American South. I hope you'll tune in. Have a great week.